We're back, Tucson, and all of Southern Arizona this week. Good morning. Welcome live out of the Common Workspace studios. You're listening to Tipping Point with Zach Yenser on Ampton 30KVY, the voice, daily in-depth news, conversation, and talk about the people, ideas, and issues shaping Tucson's future. I'm your host, Zach Yenser, and to all of our listeners and to Matt, making the magic happen on the other side of the glass. This is the point in the week where we start off by wishing everyone a happy Friday Eve. It is Thursday, but uh, it might as well be Friday Eve. It's our Friday Eve in about 54 minutes. Matt, good morning to you. <laughs> Top of the morning to you. It's uh, National Strawberry Rhubarb Pie Day as well. <laughs> oh, and Matt, I still, besides Google, because you've answered, you've said, well, I find it on Google. I still want to know where you're finding this uh, this out at, but I, um, I'm not much of a rhubarb uh, pie person. Maybe I should be. I don't think I'm in the part of the country that would get offended by me saying I don't really like rhubarb. I think I'm safe there, but just never got into it. Well, you never know. There could be a strong strawberry rhubarb pie <laughs> lobby here in Tucson. You may hear from them. <laughs> 520-790-2040 is where they can uh, voice it loud and proud. Zenser at gmail.com is my email. I'll watch that inbox as we go. <laughs> For that and all other topics, um, but no, I'm excited for today's for today's show. I don't just say that lightly. I'm actually really looking forward to today's show, as I do most days. Uh, but we're gonna get to sit down. Let me back into the day. We're gonna get to sit down for the first time with the new director of Tucson's Department of Transportation and Mobility. Our first interview since Sam Credio just stepped into the role after a friend of this show, uh, Diana Alarcon, who was on really probably five or six times a year for about an hour at a time with us to talk everything Tucson transportation. We're going to talk about the overwhelming passage of Proposition 411 by Tucson voters just a handful of weeks ago and what it means going forward as well as a variety of other Tucson-related uh, transportation news items and initiatives, so we're looking forward to that. Uh, but to kick us off for the majority of this first half of the show uh, is Amanda Powers, the president and CEO of FC Tucson, Tucson Soccer Club, right here in our greater Tucson community. We'll get an update there and what's going on and what are some of the great local home games this summer that you can attend and be a part of. With that, Amanda, good morning. Always good to be with you and great to hear your voice. Likewise. Good morning, Zach, and good morning to everybody tuning in. I really think, and I've said this behind your back, so it's not just because you're with us on the radio, I, I really think that FC Tucson is one of the next big things in this community. I've watched what you've done with this sport and other communities, kind of the size and culture and DNA to a large degree, similar to Tucson. I really think this FC Tucson club is going to be big and growing and uh um, I, I not only will I will I put my money on that I did I am uh, one of your newest season ticket holders yes. so <laughs> so there you go uh, it starts in Tucson Amanda Fuerza Tucson okay. it, it does and thank you so much for that support Zach and um, to any of the supporters or season ticket holders or sponsors who are listening um, you know I think that you know, sports, particularly in this town, with such a strong University of Arizona Wildcat sports program, the youth sports that are here, um, and coming out of a pandemic, 
um, people are really realizing how important sports are for their their children's well-being and a community vitality. And as soccer continues to be the sort of sport of choice among Gen Zers and other the future generations, we hope to build this club with the growing community. So, um, you know, and of course, it's a World Cup year. So mm-hmm. there's always a lot of excitement and interest when everybody tunes in, especially now that the United States men have qualified. So yes. we're hoping that, yeah, we, we just see a lot of traject- growth trajectory in the sport. And, and by extension, that's going to benefit the youth, the youth landscape as well. For sure. For sure, yeah. How's uh, how's the season going? Give us an update, and then there's actually a, a few really cool games coming up in the next six to eight weeks, even sooner than that. Uh, tell us tell us about those. But how's the season going? You're you're a few games in at this point. Yeah, so we're about a quarter of the way through our season. Uh, we're we're third division men's professional soccer. Our season. Uh, starts a little bit after second division, which starts a little bit after first division, a.k.a. MLS. Um, so um, we are, don't we have a losing record right now. Um, we were in a similar position last year um, mm-hmm. where we were in last place, 11th place, and I made some personnel changes. Yes, you did. And then we ended up having that great run at the end of the year. But Here's what I would say, um, you know, Coach John Perlman, who's been, you know, involved in the soccer community here in Tucson for the last 25 years. Um, I brought him off the bench, took him out of the front office last year to build this team. And we've just had sort of a perfect storm of events. We had some international players that were still kind of trailing behind all the other squads because of visa issues or COVID-related travel restrictions coming out of South America or Europe. Um, now that those players are fully in market, we had to get them up to speed. Um, you know, when these guys go into their off season in November and December and January, we try to leave them with these uh, sort of off season strength and conditioning plans. And it's up to them to manage their bodies and manage their fitness. And so when they show up here and we put them through the kind of grueling preseason, it's really a, what we kind of call load management. So it's this happy balance between these guys getting up to professional fitness levels while not, you know, stressing them too much that could cause injury. And unfortunately we had a few players who had some injuries. And so we honestly, even up to this point, um, have not had a fully healthy squad. Um, And so nobody in the league has really seen this team's potential. So that's kind of why I haven't been sweating things so much. It's a long season. Um, you know, we've, we were only a quarter of the way through our 30-game season. So, um, you know, we're, we're optimistic that once we get everybody healthy and we get them playing together, that this team's going to be a, actually a, a considerable threat. So, yeah. um, your, run, your run last year was so much fun to see and to be a part of and even got to see, a, you know, a playoff uh, a qualifying game here at home in Tucson and that was and that was super fun. Uh, Amanda, there's two three games that I can think of coming up that I think our listeners would really enjoy being a part of. You got some great programming around it. Give us kind of the June and July look at home games coming up. So this Saturday and I and I should just also plug our women's team. So if you recall, we have a women's semi-pro mm-hmm. team who just plays an eight-game season. They're playing this Saturday night out of town in Las Vegas. 
They uh, have the third longest undefeated streak in all of WPSL women's soccer across the country. So more than wow. like 150 teams. Um, FC Tucson women are right now kind of, I don't want to say third ranked nationally, but we're definitely a, a considerable threat to, to make playoffs and go all the way. So just wow. that plug. So check out our FC Tucson women. But um, yeah, so this Saturday in celebration with our with our ongoing Pride initiatives is our Pride Night for the third year in a row. We're working with Tucson Pride and allied organizations. Um, it's it's been interesting since I moved into Tucson to to work with the Tucson Pride community. Stephen Myers Holgem, who's the president over there, unfortunately they've had to cancel their last two years of events, and so we've come together to talk, you know, have a conversation about you know what is the soccer team's role in supporting. Tucson Pride and vice versa, and I think there's some really interesting conversations that we're having. Um, and then the league as a whole, you know, has been talk, running an impact series that is bringing discussions to the to the front office about diversity uh, throughout the Pride community. So this Saturday, um, we are playing Union Omaha, who is a very considerable threat, very entertaining. This is going to be a very intense match, kind of interwoven with a lot of. Um, you know, fun activities for the kids. So we've got face painting. We've got a tie-dye station. We have DJ Shorty, who is a known pride DJ. Um, and then, you know, of course, we've got our delicious monsoon margaritas and uh, Sonoran hot dogs for everybody. So even though the, there's going to be heat advisory this weekend, you know, it's, it's about 10 degrees cooler out at Kino with that wind and the grass. So... That's what's going on Saturday, and then we're really gearing up also for, you know, our game was canceled on May 20th, and we were going to mm-hmm. celebrate 5-2-0 day, yeah. and, you know, we had the vice mayor coming out, Mike Ortega from the city was going to come out, we had uh, Wilbur coming out from U of A, and unfortunately that game got canceled, and so that's rescheduled for June 29th, and we're expecting a really big attendance. It's a Wednesday night game, so hopefully everybody can just kick off after work and come on down to Kino North Stadium. And then I think what everybody really looks forward to with SC Tucson is our fireworks extravaganza that we have on Sunday, July 3rd. I think we're one of about three or four um, groups that actually do fireworks in Tucson. So tickets start at $17. bucks. Um, well, everybody can come down with their beach towels down to the field and watch the fireworks after the game. Um, and who knows, maybe we'll get a little monsoon weather as well. Yes, <laughs> I, I would. I would. Uh, I would hope so. I'm starting to feel that. Feel that out there. Uh, I've got just a, a couple of minutes left with you, Amanda, and I appreciate carving out some time here to start your day with us. You've got a lot going on. Uh, you, you mentioned ticket prices, but other than this being um, great athletics uh, and great community, the pricing is also very reasonable. I think for a a wide range of Tucsonans listening. So what is your what are your individual tickets cost? And then people can still get season tickets if they want to. They can. You know, our supporter tickets start at ten bucks a game. So um, you know, our supporter section is on the north end. It's sort of a standing room only, but you're right there on the field, high fiving the players after every goal. Um and we are prorating season tickets. So um, you know, you've got a healthy amount of games. I think we've got 12 games left. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, um, but after that, you know, we've got group tickets that start at $14 a person. Uh, we work a lot with the youth soccer clubs in town to help them be boy 
ball boys and girls and walkout kids where they can walk out with the players and, you know, really have that access and, um, you know, that really unique moment where they get to hold the hand of a pro player and get autographs from them and get a photo with them. But, yeah, our ticket prices range from um, $14 up to 25 per game. Uh, but certainly, you know, you always buy ahead, call our ticketing office. We, we, we pride ourselves on our customer service and being able to speak to an actual person. If you don't want to go online and set up, you know, a, a ticketing account, you can certainly just call any one of our account reps and they'll get you the best seat in the house and get you plugged in with all the other initiatives that we're running in the community. I love it. Yeah, no, it's great. It's a great family atmosphere, too. You know, I've uh, taken my little girl to a couple of games, and she has an absolute an absolute blast, and it's, uh, it's, a, it's a great time. Uh, Amanda, before, uh, before I cut you loose, any, any last kind of uh, updates, calls to action, anything else for our Tucson community this morning? I would love to plug the exciting announcement that we made last night and this morning again, and that is our new partnership with Pueblo Vida Brewing downtown. Cool. Um, Pueblo Vida Brewing has been a longtime partner of ours, um, hosting watch parties and supporter events, and um, they decided to make a custom SC2 Swamp beer, and we are calling nice. it Golazo, which for la- it, it basically means extraordinary goal. So it's a golden ale. You oh, cool. can pick it up at any Pueblo Vida Brewing location, and we will feature it at our games now. So nice. we've got Pueblo Vida Brewing now at our games. We've got Dragoon. You've, you know, when you're coming to the games, we really made some enhancement and changes to, to the concessions experience. And so now having like a downtown Tucson, mm-hmm. you know, stronghold like that at Kino is really exciting for us. And we're excited that they're, all in and wanting to support us as well so i just wanted to plug that very cool well amanda thank you again for for coming on fctucson.com one word is your website Uh, i'm on it right now people can see you know tickets for upcoming games watch parties for games that are away all the stuff that we've talked about you can find there fctucson.com amanda thanks as always always good to hear you uh, thanks for your work, and again, I think uh, I think your club is uh, one of the next big things in Tucson. People should watch for you. Really appreciate that, Zach, and um, hopefully we'll see everybody at the pitch. Take care. S- sounds great. Tucson, when we come back from a short break, a few words from me, and then Sam Credio is in the green room. He's the new director of Tucson's Department of Transportation and Mobility. We'll talk everything Tucson, transportation, and roads on the back half of the show. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Tipping Point with Zach Enser on 1030 The Voice. Trusted local news and talk. 1030 The Voice. Zach Yenser here, host of Tipping Point, and I want to tell you that Decibel Coffee Works is the coffee we drink at home and while we're out and about. Run by a great local team of people who care about the Tucson community, you'll find a variety of great coffee drinks, beans, pastries, and more. There's also a rumor ice cream is on its way in 2022. To see their full menu and varieties of roasted beans from around the world, visit DecibelCoffeeWorks.com and visit them at 267 South Avenida del Convento. Mention you heard about them on Tipping Point with Zach Yenser for 10% off your next order on anything you buy. 
Fry. In 1994, the University of Arizona took the bold step of acquiring an industrial park in southeastern Pima County and transforming it into a university research park. With over 25 years of success, Tech Parks Arizona continues to advance innovation. Whether it's the 70-plus startups at the University of Arizona Center for Innovation or the new Tech Park at the Bridges that houses the university's commercialization hub with several other projects coming out of the ground, they are integral in shaping the future of Southern Arizona. Tech Parks Arizona, moving innovation at the speed of business. Tucson homeowners, do you have equity in your home and would like to sell, but are afraid that you won't be able to find a new place in this market? Well, you're not alone. That's why CNC Partners has put together an innovative way to make your next home dream come true. They work with local investors who can purchase your home for cash, pay above market value, waive the appraisal, and provide you with the option to lease your home back to you for 12 months until you can find a new home in the Tucson market. If you'd like to see what that cash offer might look like with no obligation, go to Tucson Cash Offer. Offer.com. School's out and summer's here. And now's the best time to come out in the evenings and catch Tucson's professional soccer team, FC Tucson, in action. We're back home June 11th for Forever Pride. Fireworks and a salute to the troops on July 3rd. Celebrating Tucson's birthday on August 20th. And don't miss our defending WPSL Desert Conference champions in action. The FC Tucson women have home games June 3rd, June 19th, June 24th, and July 1st. Tickets start at just $10. Get yours now at fctucson.com. Zach Yenzo here, and I'm so excited to be a part of the launch of the Little Love Burger as they're growing in Tucson. Located just a few hours down from the Rialto Theater, Little Love Burger serves up the juiciest scratch-made hamburgers, loaded hot dogs, have ice cream milkshakes, lovable local brews, and the most addictive breakfast sandwiches. Little Love Burger is open Sunday through Thursday, 11 to 9, and Friday and Saturday, 11 to 10. You can follow their beat on Instagram and Facebook at Little Love Burger Tucson. Don't you want some burger to love? Hi, this is Ethan Orr from the University of Arizona, where we apply science for sustainability and economic opportunity. At the Arizona Cooperative Extension, we focus on youth leadership, water conservation, and environmental health. If you'd like to find out more about urban agriculture, youth development, or creating a healthier environment, call me, Ethan Orr, at 520-621-0906, or visit us at extension.arizona.edu. When you manage your money with a credit union, you're taking true ownership of your finances and how your money impacts the community. Stop letting banking just happen to you. Bring your money home to Vantage West. Federally insured by NCUA. Hi, this is Tom Sullivan. Join me weeknights from 7 to 10 for the Tom Sullivan Show on 1030 KVOI, The Voice. And we're back, Tucson, and all of Southern Arizona. Good morning. You're listening live. You're out of the Common Workspace Studios. The Tipping Point with Zach Yenser. I'm your host, Zach Yenser. We just got off the line with Amanda Powers, the president and CEO of FC Tucson, uh, here uh, on the program. Uh, get an update on the next couple months of games, some fun stuff coming up. Uh, this segment is sponsored by Little Love Burger. They opened downtown last fall, serving up the juiciest burgers, loaded hot dogs, have ice cream milkshakes, local brews, and breakfast sandwiches. You can follow them on social media at Little Love Burger. And mention you heard about them here on Tipping Point with Zach Yenser for a 15-1-5% discount off your next order. Uh, but uh, no, I, I love going to FC Tucson games. Great uh, community 
uh, and family-friendly venue if nobody's gone. It's a relatively inexpensive community event, um, either during a convenient time midweek or on the weekends. Uh, but for those of you who don't know, we didn't get to get into her background because we've had her on the show so many times. Um, but Powers came, Amanda uh, Powers came to Tucson from New Mexico United, a United Soccer League championship team from Albuquerque. Um, and New Mexico United saw a ton of success. They were able to uh, get to a league leading attendance. Uh, in her last season there, averaging uh, over 12,500 fans per game. She used to sit on the USL Board of Governors, um, has served as an advisor and and franchise builder, um, as it was put uh, in a press release back in the day, for USL Championship Ownership Groups. And when she had left, was a part of really imagining a, a new stadium, a new a new home uh, in the downtown core of Albuquerque for for this team. And so when I say that I, I think this is one of the, the next big things um, athletically and community wise in Tucson, you know, I'm, I'm really not hyping up anything other than if someone can do what they did in Albuquerque, I think they can do it here in Tucson. Albuquerque keeps popping up, y'all. It's kind of interesting. You know, everybody said that Tucson and Austin could be similar. That that day is done, and I don't know if we even w- want to be the the full replica of Austin. There's there's a lot of good things happening there. There's also a lot of things there that I don't think we want to repeat. We should be the best version of ourselves. But I think if we're looking at Las Vegas, El Paso, Albuquerque, um, those are kind of three southwestern cities. I think Salt Lake City is a bit ahead of us in many, many ways. But those are cities that are, I think, closest to us in terms of size, population, culture, Poverty, check off the list. There's a lot of things similar. And so I like to look at what happened there, what, what was possible there. And I, I just, you know, watched Amanda Powers do what she did in Albuquerque, and I think she's going to do it in Tucson. And I would just say, you know, if you're listening, go in these early stages, right? Be a part of the early stages of, I think, something awesome that is gonna happen over the next three to five years and support a great local community organization run by local people who really care to create connections and connect into the community. And so it's always fun, always fun to uh, to uh, to be with her. Um, so we have Sam coming up in just a minute, gonna go to break here in just a few seconds. But other than Proposition 411, I also wanna ask Sam, so, so keep your ears tuned for this, the roadway expansion of First Avenue has become kind of testy uh, between the Regional Transportation Authority and the city of Tucson. I'm not going to ask him about the politics, but he's the guy that has to do what uh, what has to be done in terms of what decision gets made. And so we'll talk about that. We'll talk about the Broadway expansion, downtown links. We'll see what else we get into. But it's going to be a good conversation talking everything we can about Tucson roads and streets and transportation. Sam Credio on the other side, a a wildcat, a Tucson guy, a younger guy, uh, now running transportation. We'll be right back after a short break. Don't go anywhere. Bottom of the hour. We'll be right back. You're listening to Tipping Point. I'm your host, Zach Yenser. 
Zach Yenser here, host of Tipping Point, and I want to tell you that Decibel Coffee Works is the coffee we drink at home and while we're out and about. Run by a great local team of people who care about the Tucson community, you'll find a variety of great coffee drinks, beans, pastries, and more. There's also a rumor ice cream is on its way in 2022. To see their full menu and varieties of roasted beans from around the world, visit DecibelCoffeeWorks.com and visit them at 267 South Avenida del Convento. Mention you heard about them on Tipping Point with Zach Yenser for 10% off your next order on anything you buy. Why I love where I live. It's a brand and movement that began here in Tucson to spark gratitude and celebrate the good things about where we live. Located in the open air Mercado San Agustin Annex, just west of downtown, it's a great place to shop or spend time with friends as you enjoy food, drink, and other shopping options close by. Find gifts, toys, books, and clothes that will help you celebrate where you live. Visit them at the Annex off the I-10 at Cushing and Avenida del Convento. Tucson homeowners, do you have equity in your home and would like to sell but are afraid that you won't be able to find a new place in this market? Well, you're not alone. That's why CNC Partners has put together an innovative way to make your next home dream come true. They work with local investors who can purchase your home for cash, pay above market value, waive the appraisal, and provide you with the option to lease your home back to you for 12 months until you can find a new home in the Tucson market. If you'd like to see what that cash offer might look like with no obligation, go to Tucson Cash Offer. When you manage your money with a credit union, you're taking true ownership of your finances and how your money impacts the community. Stop letting banking just happen to you. Bring your money home to Vantage West. Federally insured by NCUA. Helping you make better money decisions is what the Ramsey Show is all about. Today at 1 p.m. on 1030 The Voice. We're back, Tucson, and all of Southern Arizona. Good morning to you. Welcome live out of the Common Workspace Studios. You're listening to Tipping Point with Zach Kinser on AM 1030 KVOI, The Voice, daily in-depth news, conversation, and talk about the people, ideas, and issues shaping Tucson's future. I'm your host, Zach Yenser, and of course, we're wishing everybody today a happy Friday Eve. It is uh, it is Thursday. A conversation for the rest of the hour now that I've very much been looking forward to, and that is with Sam Credio, the new-ish, maybe we had the ish starting about now. It's not new as in the last week or two, but new-ish, yeah. the new director of uh, Tucson's Department of Transportation and Mobility is with us to talk uh, Proposition 411 and anything else Tucson transportation related that we can get into. Sam Credio, thanks for coming by. Thanks for being here. Good to see you. Yeah, it's my pleasure, Zach. Thanks so much for having me. And uh, new-ish, I, I spoke to the mayor and she says, you know, six months I get the new tag. So I'm going okay. to lean on that. So I could be new for six months. You but, can be new, which uh, is how many more months do you have until you're new-ish? Four more months. Okay. Four more months. So yeah. two months. Yeah. That's, that's, that's still new. Yeah, yeah. it is. Yeah, since COVID, time has warped in weird ways, and it hasn't unwarped. Yeah. So I just, you know, I lose track of timing. Um, but real fast, because this is your first time on uh, on our show, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. You're a, a wildcat. Yep. You've been yep. in Tucson for a minute. I've been in, I grew up here in Tucson. I went to Santa Rita High School over on the cool. east side of town, uh, graduated from the university with a bachelor's in civil engineering. Okay. And I also have a master's from Grand Canyon University. Okay. Um, really spent my entire career working in the transportation engineering field. And I've been with the city about 10 years, 
done different roles throughout my career here, including a project manager, engineering manager. I actually worked in our transit division for a couple okay. of years. So we can talk transit if you have any questions there. And uh, most recently, before this role, I was in the city manager's office for 15 months, uh, working on a variety of really cool projects up there. And once I got the opportunity to step into this new role, I'm super excited to be back in transportation and lead such a great group of men and women in our uh, department. Absolutely. Yeah, that's cool. And yeah, I've seen you around for a while and really, really happy that, that you got that you got tapped. And uh, I do have an interesting statistic for you later about Tucson residents and road and roads, but nothing gets listeners traditionally uh, talking, calling in, interacting more on an issue than Tucson's roads and, and, and transportation. Uh, so I wanted to, to get into Proposition 411 here in this first segment. This, of course, was the proposal to Tucsonans to extend uh, Proposition 101 for uh, not another five years, but another 10 years, uh, using 80% of the expected money raised over that time to repair uh, neighborhood roads, and then 20% to go to other safety improvements that are more pedestrian, multimodal focused. Uh, were you surprised by the over 70% of the voters who approved it? And what do you think that it says now that you get to be the new guy who makes this happen over the next 10 years? Yeah, yeah thanks, Zach. That's a, a great question. You know, we were all. Uh, cautiously optimistic that Prop 411 would be successful. Um, it was really uncertain what that margin was going to be like. You know, Prop 101, I believe, passed at a 60-40. So that was probably more of my expectation. Mm -hmm. um, when I did see the 70-30 split, I was um, really pleased. And for a few reasons is it really tells you the the commitment uh, or, or I'm sorry the um, the confidence the community has in the city of Tucson as well as our department to deliver on the projects we said we're going to deliver the other thing that I think that really says is it speaks volumes to the work that all of our uh, men and women in our department do every day not just our engineers or the folks working on the streets but really all of us and in fact the very next day I went back to my desk and I, I penned a note to all our staff thanking them for the work they do because it's because of them that the public um, voted the way that they did and so we're really excited to see those results and excited to get after it yeah you know I, I pulled up a, a statistic that I had seen about a year ago it was actually in the paper for this interview and it's from a statewide organization that has surveyed Arizonans all over the state and one of the topics was transportation. Tucson residents are unhappy with the quality of city streets. The number saying they are good or excellent is 28 points lower than for the state as a whole. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I mean, we know that anecdotally, yeah. um, but Tucsonans, it, it's not urban myth. Tucsonans are legitimately unhappy with the quality um, of our roads. And some people have asked me, like, why, why was it this big? I think it was this big because someone's got tired of, you know, 80% of neighborhood roads being in poor, failing condition. And uh, it's going to be a heck of a climb to, to get that fixed in 10 years. The, the line that was used, Sam, was that we're going to fix every neighborhood road in the next 10 years. Do you stand behind the word every? Do you think it's possible? Not only is it possible, but that is exactly what we promised the voters, and that's exactly what we will deliver. Every neighborhood street in our city will receive a, a, a pavement treatment. And it's just going to, those treatments are going to vary. You know, we have newer neighborhoods that probably don't need um, major 
of pavement work, they probably just need some some maintenance. And I think that that's why you you hear from the the folks they're unhappy with their roads is that there has just been years of deferred yeah. maintenance. This is a historic investment in our community and in our our city roads. So that's why we're seeing the the conditions that we see, especially in the neighborhoods. You know, we've done a really good job over the last ten years working on our major streets. Um, I mean, there are roads like Country Club that used to just be a bear. In fact, a, a quick side note: um, when my oldest daughter was a baby, uh, my wife would take her to work with her and drive up Country Club, and the road was so bumpy it actually lulled her to sleep <laughs> on the way into the office. And yeah. so, parents out there know the trick. Yep, that's exactly. A, that's, a, that's a trick. <laughs> trick of the trade. That's so, a trick of the trade. Now you drive Country Club from Aviation all the way north, and it's a smooth ride. So we've done a great job there, but the neighborhoods just have not seen that that same level of investment. And so we're really excited to. Get get into the, the neighborhood streets. And I think the other thing to keep in mind is that if you pull out of your driveway every day and you're riding on that same bumpy road that has not seen any treatment in 30, 40 years, yeah. you're going to be frustrated by that. And that's that's a real experience for our, our citizens. So um, we're going to do our very best to correct that and, and really turn the tide there. My story, by the way, is when my wife was pregnant with our first, she was tired of being pregnant. And so she, this is a literally a true story she said let's go drive on some roads and see if the bumpiness will speed this thing up i kid you not um so you and i are both um uh we have we have family stories about the quality of uh of tucson's roads and we can chuckle about it because you're the guy that has to fix it that's right so so the pressure is on the pressure is on we're with sam credio the new director of tucson's department of transportation and mobility one question that we heard um, during the campaign for this is there wasn't a lot of clarity on how will the dollars be divided ward to ward, right? We kind of knew the accountability structure, but we didn't really know, okay, who decides where first and how much first and ward to ward. Uh, is there any clarity from at least the staff side? Um, I, you can't answer the political part, but from the staff side, any clarity on how that's going to work? Yeah, we, in fact, we're already working on those plans now. Um, you know, typically our approach is, um, first of all, we want to preserve the good roads that we do have, um, you know, roads that are, um, you know, really need a, a pretty uh, low cost treatment just to keep them in good condition. And then we're also looking at worse first. Um, you know, we, we're still fine-tuning that criteria. And the other piece that's important to mention is that there is an oversight body that is going to you know, help us with some of those decisions on um, where these dollars are going to get spent. It's important to keep in mind, though, that every street's going to get touched over this next 10-year period. It's just a matter of when and, and what treatment they get. Um, we're still working out the specifics of whether the existing Bond Oversight Commission is going to step into that role or if a um, new oversight body will um, take the place for 411. Last question on 411, Sam, and then we'll go to break. And I've got as many things as we can we can get to. We'll yeah. talk about it. Uh, and that was always fun with uh, with your predecessor. Is um, we would hear phone calls and get and just kind of it's kind of an open forum sure. as well to kind of hear uh, what people what people want you to hear. Um, the, the one uh, the last question I heard was okay. The streets that that Sam fixes. Sorry, Sam, to put you yeah, in, the, right. in the hot seat uh, in year one so to speak, um, will need to be repaired by the time the streets that are in your tent are touched. Are touched. Yeah. Um, and the concern was we got here 
because we couldn't maintain. Mm -hmm. We got to this point that we had to ask the voters to pass a third bond in five years or a third tax in five years because we had just gotten in such a hole we couldn't pull ourselves out of it. What confidence can you give to Tucson voters that in 10 years we won't be back in the same place where we have to rely on the voters to keep bailing us out? That, that's a great question, Zach. A couple things to keep in mind is that um, through this process, we are going to ramp up some of our pavement preservation teams in-house so that we can try to keep up with some of that deferred maintenance that was done over the years. The other thing to keep in mind, though, is that the gas tax has not increased in 30-plus years. It's still 18 cents a gallon. That's our primary revenue source. And until something changes there, we may have to, to, to rely on our voters on, on some sort of sales tax to continue to maintain the roads. Um, what what that looks like in 10 years is hard to say, uh, but maybe you know in 10 years we're not talking about such a radical investment. It's more of just maintaining the work that we have done. Um, we're going to have to work through different strategies to make that, that happen, um, but I don't want to say I can't guarantee we won't go back out. I will tell you that a sales tax is a better source of revenue than a bond for fixing our roads. And so, um, you know, we'll continue to deliver. And as long as the public has confidence in us, hopefully we can continue down that road. Yeah, I think the dream as a Tucson voter, and this is me editorializing because this is on the policy side, yeah. and uh, and you're the nuts and bolts guy that makes it happen, so I don't want to pull you into that. But I think the dream is to see a Tucson economy where we can grow uh, the 14 million that Marin Council, I think, last year pulled from the general fund to roads. It's a drop in the bucket. Yeah. It's a tiny amount. But the, the, the idea of the thing is what I want to see. And I want to see an economy to where we can give Sam 60, 70, 80 million dollars year over year so that it's coming from the general fund. It's what the voters are already putting their tax dollars towards. Let's take it from that. Let's do that instead of having to increase, you know, increase. But that's not my job. That's not your job, Sam. But that's the Tucson dream is that it's what we pay for yeah. as, 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 as uh, tax-paying citizens. Let's go to our uh, first break of this conversation, last break of the hour. When we come back, Sam Credio will still be with us. We're going to talk uh, downtown links, Broadway widening, uh, the controversial First Ave project, some of your thoughts on that. We'll take some calls if we can. We'll see what we can get into on the other side. Tucson, we'll be right back. Don't go anywhere here on 1030 The Voice. The Voice, Tucson's trusted local news and talk. In 1994, the University of Arizona took the bold step of acquiring an industrial park in southeastern Pima County and transforming it into a university research park. With over 25 years of success, Tech Parks Arizona continues to advance innovation. Whether it's the 70-plus startups at the University of Arizona Center for Innovation or the new Tech Park at the Bridges that houses the university's commercialization hub with several other projects coming out of the ground, they are integral in shaping the future of Southern Arizona. Tech Parks Arizona, moving innovation at the speed of business. School's out and summer's here. And now's the best time to come out in the evenings and catch Tucson's professional soccer team, FC Tucson, in action. We're back home June 11th for Forever Pride. Fireworks and a salute to the troops on July 3rd. Celebrating Tucson's birthday on August 20th. And don't miss our defending WPSL Desert Conference champions in action. The FC Tucson women have home games June 3rd, June 19th, June 24th, and July 1st. Tickets start at just $10. Get yours now at fctucson.com. 
Why I love where I live. It's a brand and movement that began here in Tucson to spark gratitude and celebrate the good things about where we live. Located in the open air Mercado San Agustin Annex, just west of downtown, it's a great place to shop or spend time with friends as you enjoy food, drink, and other shopping options close by. Find gifts, toys, books, and clothes that will help you celebrate where you live. Visit them at the Annex off the I-10 at Cushing and Avenida del Convento. The economy is moving forward, and Arizona businesses are looking at new opportunities and challenges as we emerge from COVID-19. Leading companies are planning how to respond to new business and rebuild their teams and are looking for critical talent now. The right talent in key positions will make all the difference, and having a trusted and dedicated talent acquisition partner will give you an edge. Devin and her team at Talent Store will connect you with top talent while positively impacting time to hire, retention, and your employer brand. Learn more by visiting yourtalentstore.com and schedule time with Devin and her team. Did you know that Arizona is the first state in the country to implement a program like Earn to Learn has right here to support students with matched college savings? Through your investment, you enable students to leverage their own savings and resources to acquire the life-changing asset of a college education. If you want to be a part of increasing students' earning potential, minimizing student debt, closing the opportunity gap, and putting deserving individuals on a path to success, go to earntolearn.org to find out more. Hi, this is Ethan Orr from the University of Arizona, where we apply science for sustainability and economic opportunity. At the Arizona Cooperative Extension, we focus on youth leadership, water conservation, and environmental health. If you'd like to find out more about urban agriculture, youth development, or creating a healthier environment, call me, Ethan Orr, at 520-621-0906, or visit us at extension.arizona.edu. Zach Yenzo here, and I'm so excited to be a part of the launch of the Little Love Burger as they're growing in Tucson. Located just a few hours down from the Rialto Theater, Little Love Burger serves up the juiciest scratch-made hamburgers, loaded hot dogs, have ice cream milkshakes, lovable local brews, and the most addictive breakfast sandwiches. Little Love Burger is open Sunday through Thursday, 11 to 9, and Friday and Saturday, 11 to 10. You can follow their bee on Instagram and Facebook at Little Love Burger Tucson. Don't you want some burger to love? This is Bill Buckmaster, Ted Maxwell, Southern Arizona Leadership Council at noon on 1030, Tucson's Voice for Trusted News Talk. And we're back, Tucson, and all of Southern Arizona. You're listening to Tipping Point. I'm your host, Zach Yenser, this drive time hour here on 1030. The Voice. If you're looking for a refreshing coffee or tea drink, it's hot out there. Make your way to Decibel Coffee Works, the coffee the answers drink at home. And while we're out and about, they are the sponsor of this segment. We thank them. Great local team of people. Go to DecibelCoffeeWorks.com. More importantly, visit their location uh, at the Mercado San Agustin Annex off the I-10 between Congress and Cushing. Mention you heard about them on Tipping Point with Zach Yenser for 10% off your next order on anything you buy. And uh, if you're um, downtown, um, Sam and Mike, you can get there by the streetcar. 
or, or scooter, you, um, which uh, which Sam you're using these days. Absolutely, you are uh, you are you are. I would say walking the talk, but you're riding the talk. Right, yeah, uh, scooting the talk. You're, you're scooting the talk. Sam Credio is with us. He's the new uh, two months in director of Tucson's Department of Transportation and Mobility. Uh, Matt, do we still have Greg uh, on the air for a question? Perfect, Greg. Thanks for hanging on for a couple minutes over the break. You're on with Sam Credio. Go ahead. I appreciate it. Uh, it's about traffic lights, specifically left turn arrows and the inconsistency. Let's take just two simple examples, Campbell Speedway, northbound, southbound, and Euclid uh, Speedway, northbound, southbound. Uh, Campbell doesn't usually give any judgment, doesn't allow the drivers to have judgment. It goes from red to, to green on the arrow with none of the blinking yellows, right? Um, north-southbound Euclid does. And how many hours have we spent waiting to make the turn, if we comply with the law, which a lot of people are not doing now. Uh, when the road is empty, when you're going to make your left turn, uh, does it make sense, or am I being too garbled? Greg, I appreciate your question. It makes sense to me, but Sam's Sam Sam's the answer guy. Go ahead, Sam. Yeah, thanks for calling in, Greg. You know, I was actually at a Ward Two uh, town hall last week, and this very question came up um, related to flashing yellow arrows as well as permissive versus protected uh, left turn arrows. So, um, you know, the old school of thought was, and, and a lot of our traffic in signalized intersections have uh, you can turn left on a green ball. Uh, it's called a uh, permissive left turn. The problem with those intersections is that there is a conflict with the left turning vehicle and pedestrians who also have the walk signal at the same time as the green light. So the, the approach there is to switch to a protected left turn, which means that you have a, a red arrow. Uh, the pedestrian can walk uh, on the walk signal and then the uh, left turn arrow comes on and those left turning vehicles can turn. The, the nuance here is the uh, flashing yellow arrow, which we get a lot of questions about. Mm -hmm. And what does that mean? You've seen people just kind of sit there and, and stare at the flashing yellow arrow. And what that means is that there could be pedestrians in the crosswalk. So you know, be aware, kind of yield to the pedestrian as you're turning left at that location. The reason for the inconsistency is one that we have not converted all of our signalized intersections to flashing yellow arrows or even protected left turns. Um, especially at Speedway and Campbell, that is a high pedestrian area. And so I believe at that location, we have a protected left only because there are so many pedestrians, especially crossing north-south on Campbell. Um, I can't speak to the Euclid uh, uh, location specifically, but that's been our approach. We are systematically kind of going through the city and replacing uh, some of these tra traffic signalized intersections with flashing yellow arrows, and we're trying to target areas of high pedestrian activity or where there might be a potential safety issue where we've seen some crashes occur between vehicles and pedestrians. So, um, you know, I, I don't have a perfect answer for you, but that at least gives you an idea be behind some of the methodology like the of our decisions there. Yeah. Sam, I, uh, I appreciate you answering, uh, answering that question. A couple of big items that I wanted to update on while you're here um, really quick, and that is the Broadway project is uh, almost done. High-profile project. I mean, there are grainy TV interviews from the 80s about that thing. 
Is it almost done? And are you happy with it? Should we, we be happy with it? We, we are in the home stretch on Broadway. Okay. You know that it, it's funny you mentioned the grainy interviews. I remember being involved on the Broadway project when I was a project manager nine years ago, nine plus years ago, joining the city. A lot of different folks have worked on it. It's been a, a truly public process, and there's been a lot of inv- public involvement on that project. And so to see it hit the home stretch is really exciting. I believe that we are delivering, uh, for the most part, what the public wanted to see on that that stretch of Broadway. Um, we're looking at the final pave uh, occurring um, later next month. And uh, we're, you know, like I said, we're in the home stretch. You know, I, we appreciate everyone's patience. These projects take a long time. Um, I did a whole video on YouTube why they take so long, but there's a lot of underground work that occurs. It's more than just you know grading some dirt and putting down pavement. Um, but I think in the end, you're going to see um, you know the, the multimodal aspects of that project that weren't there before. We have uh, new hawks that we've installed along the corridor. We have brand new sidewalk. Um, we have bus pullouts. So um, overall, we're, we're pretty happy with the result. We just need to get it done. I heard that, Sam, you might be delivering um, goodie baskets um, and of gratitude to the businesses on Broadway. That could just be a rumor. I'm just kidding. You <laughs> caught just, me with that I'm, one. I'm, I'm, just, I'm, looking, I'm, just, uh, I'm, thinking, uh, I'm just giving you our time. I, well, yeah, I know some of the businesses along that who listen, who... Uh, who have um, they stuck it out? They've yeah. they've spoken well of the city, but it has just been a uh, it's been a killer. And I'm hoping that this finished product is going to help bring business back to some of those businesses that really stuck it out. Yeah, so. and thanks for mentioning the businesses. They they really do stick it out during these construction projects. We try to do our absolute best to you know mitigate some of those uh, inconveniences for the businesses construction's not easy it's it's not fun um, and we realize that especially coming out of covid and so you know one of the things that we always try to make sure to do is to remind folks that those businesses are open just because there's construction does not mean you know completely avoid the area come in visit the the businesses they're going to be more than happy to have you um, join them and so that's something that we're gonna you know make sure that we um, we promote in all of our projects Last thing we'll probably be able to get to, Sam, uh, First Avenue widening project. I know this. there's a lot of politics to this, and my intent is not to bring into the politics. Uh, but the Tucson voters back in 2006 wanted First Ave to go to six lanes. Um, with inflationary costs and things like that, there's concern that the project might not get done in the 20-year term. And so some are saying, hey, we're not seeing traffic increase. Why don't we just keep it four lanes? and increase pedestrian and multimodal capacity there and just get it done before the 20 years is up and move on. Yeah, and the other thing to mention too is that we're seeing the traffic volumes are not what they were expected to be um, when they were projected back in 2006. And so the city undertook a feasibility study to take a look at that corridor and really found that the four-lane cross-section still meets the functionality of what was intended um, in the 2006 ballot. Not only that, but then it allows us to, like you said, improve the multimodal aspects of that corridor that is so desperately needed. That is an area that we do have a lot of safety concerns with, and this project really will be able to address those safety concerns and also provide some, you know, better capacity at the signalized intersection. So um, we conducted a really extensive public outreach process that that we feel um, really captured what the public wanted, and you know we're we're going to go through the process, um, the political and as well as the the technical process to you know try to be able to move forward with that four lane cross section uh, within the twenty year plan. Gotcha. Uh, let's put a pin in it there. 
Uh, unfortunately, I could talk with you for another half an hour, but you've you've given us half an hour, and I appreciate it. T.concerns at TucsonAZ.gov. For people listening that say, I'd love to bend Sam's ear on this pothole or this street or this sign that's down, I've used T.concerns at TucsonAZ.gov. You guys actually do service really quick, and I think that should always be shouted out. And so if anybody has remaining concerns, that's a good place to go, I still think, Sam. Absolutely. And, you know, know, don't forget to follow us on social media. We put a lot of stuff out on Facebook and Twitter. Um, Any sort of traffic alerts we put out there or if something's going on that we find about last second, we're going to get that out to the public via our social media outlet. So please give us a follow. And, uh, you know, we look forward to hearing from you. Sounds good. Sam Credio, we covered a lot of ground. Thank you. Good luck uh, for the next few months while you're still new. Thank you so much, Zach. Sam Credio, the Department of Transportation and Mobility Director for the City of Tucson. Hugh Hewitt's up next, Bill Buckmaster at noon. We'll see you tomorrow, Friday, Tucson. George Hammond in studio. We'll get an economic update on the region. Thanks for listening.